Hello everybody, it's Andy here from Glass Half Dead and you're listening to the Vantage Point podcast, a Kill Team podcast that occasionally I do. Anyway, uh, today I am joined by Matt. Hello Matt, how are you? Good, good. Happy to be here. Excellent. Matt, uh, some people might be not aware of who you are. Uh, who are you? Why have I brought you onto the Vantage Point podcast? All right. Yeah, I'm Matt Wilhelm. Uh, I've been a Kill Team player for a year. And a couple of weekends ago, I had a pretty big showing at the Tacoma Open. I was able to come in first in a very challenging field of, of almost, I believe, we were 63 uh, combatants, competitors. And I got to earn myself a golden ticket uh, right here. Uh, so later this year, I will be at Atlanta for the Warhammer uh, World Championships of Warhammer for the you know, major kill team tournament. I can show off the, the trophy Please do. as well here. This is nice 20 pounds uh, of iron. A lot of welding on the back. Um, not quite the right size for a dice tray, but you know, I I, I brought it with me to my first post uh, post to come open game. Oh, just to flex on people. But the real question uh, people are going to be wondering is, uh, what on earth does twenty pounds mean? I've got no clue. Oh, there we go. Um, <laughs> I believe that would be. We have to go to the conversion um, calculator online. I'm sure. Yeah, I want to guess fourteen. Off fourteen. Fourteen. Fourteen okay. kg. That's heavy. Damn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah, right, it's so, not going to tear your drywall out. Sure. Now, uh, something that we're really going to be focusing on here is obviously how you did at Tacoma Open. We are going to just have a little chat about, about the GT, uh, you know, hosted by GW. So it's always interesting to see what they do compared to what uh, the fans do. Uh, but also, we're going to have a little bit of a faction focus on the team that you won with, which was, of course, Intercession. Uh, so before we dive onto that and, like, why you chose them, how you played them, how you managed to come first, in, as you say... 63 players which is really great let's start talking about just the G the gt the gw tournament experience if if you don't mind do you have anything that like really stood out uh about the tacoma gt uh, and just for people's reference i have notes here and all i wrote for this bullet point was tacoma gt vibe check so great yeah yeah I'll, I'll, i think there's a couple ways to answer that talk about you know, the, the admin of the tournament, uh, how GW ran it, and then, you know, the, the people that showed up as well. Um, why don't we start with, with the admin like, for everybody, just because it gives a little bit more context. So, yeah, 63 players, two days, three days each round. There was possibly going to be a shadow round um, if it had gone past 64 players, um, because you have to arrive at a winner. Um, you know, 64, you need a seven-round bracket. Um, thankfully, that didn't happen. Uh, I think that's, that's a, a little brutal. Um, I know that for the big Warhammer tournament, there was a shadow round. And it went to like midnight, so you know, it was uh, yeah, out of the yeah. back. Everyone yeah. who stood up for that. That was crazy. Up being a, a nine-round tournament over mm. three days uh, is wild. Um, so uh, yeah, structure of the tournament: uh, six rounds every day. It went uh, loot, um, secure, capture. I think that that's right. Uh, the last mission of the day. I mean, I mean, you know, no actions, just sitting on it at the end of the round. So it's kind of a heavy actions, medium <laughs> yeah, actions, yeah. no act, no mission actions. Kept it easy to do the same rotation each day. Right. Uh, Map-wise, uh, they also did something, uh, I think, a few things that kept it really easy and you know manageable. Uh, there was only one TO. There was only one judge running it. You did a great oh. job. Um, and that was, uh, everything was Octarius. Okay. Everything was the straight, out-of-the-box Octarius set. Um, you know, nothing added, nothing subtracted. Um, so uh, and we only did... uh, terrain is the next bullet point. So let's leave that for a moment because obviously terrain is okay. such a big okay. thing that that's like its own thing. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot to talk there. Um, okay. Uh, so um, 64 players as far as matching went. You know, there were no um, Swiss rounds. It was you know relatively BCP putting you know un undefeated players against each other. I think mm. there was a little confusion about like how it matched people within that bracket because like I could tell when I got to the top eight, it wasn't like eighth seed fought first seed, you know, seventh seed fought second seed. It was um, a little more randomized. And then it kept all of the uh, the top tables close together. So as we went, as you know, as we finished, you know, the tables to watch, uh, you know, became the front row and then the half of the front row and then just like, oh, the, the front matching table, etc. Um, the competitive field uh, was great. Um, so in, I'm in Seattle, uh, Seattle, Washington on the West Coast of the U.S., um, I'd say there's a pretty big kill team scene here. I'm part of Waystone Wargaming Speakeasy, which, I mean, maybe we'll talk more about later, but I'll give the plug now. An amazing place to play Warhammer. Uh, Seth and, and Dustin founded this last year. Folks might have seen a Kickstarter, uh, but it is a private social club for Wargaming, I mean, 90% 
uh, Warhammer, um, Horse Heresy, and Kill Team. Uh, small places, like five tables, uh, a bar, um, just like great, great atmosphere, great vibe. It's in a, it's in a, a, a great neighborhood in Seattle, like uh, really a prime real estate area. Um, so I think it's pretty unique in the world as a place to play Warhammer. And I'll just throw it out there. Best place in the world to play and chat and hang out with all your fellow Warhammerers. No, no one can deny it. So that was um, <laughs> Seattle. What was the name again? Uh, Waystone Wargaming Speakeasy. Well, there you go. They Seattle, a... that's the place to be. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't have, a, I didn't have a, um, a jersey for this last tournament. But you know, going into December, I'll, I'll, I'm going to wear his jersey and represent the uh, hometown colors. Sweet. Now, quick question for those of us that have no idea about uh, American geography. Where is Seattle compared to Tacoma? Uh, Seattle and Tacoma are almost like sister cities. We share, like the airport is Seattle-Tacoma Airport. Oh, okay. It's a 45-minute drive. Um, so this was north, local north for you? There. This is relatively local, okay. yeah. I mean, I, I did an Airbnb for the night because I didn't want to drive back and forth. Sure. Okay, um, and awesome. So, this did you go specifically because it was local? Do you go to these regularly? This was this like your first big tournament? Uh, yeah, it was definitely my first big tournament. I've played in four tournaments uh, that ranged from like a dozen to twenty six people before this. Um, oh, okay, at Waystone and at Terra Crux Gaming. Um, so, I'd say the other big uh, community in, uh, around Waste around Washington to mention is uh, KTC. KTC which is the uh, Cascadia Kill Team community, um, or Kill Team Cascadia. They, uh, they run a lot of events, um, more so uh, in Tacoma, uh, Portland, and, and further south into Oregon, uh, but a huge community there. Uh, they also showed up as the CATS, uh, the Cascadia area tournament scene. Uh, I think awesome. that's to parody the, uh, the BATS, uh, the Bay Area tournament scene. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. The BATS and the CATS. So these are... Yeah, so these, this made up a lot of the of the competitors in in Tacoma. Um, a lot of uh, you know some of these folks I, I played with against, or at least you know heard about them. Obviously, there's a bunch of discords here for each of these groups. Okay, fair um, enough. Now, can you talk? Um, I think I interrupted you a little bit about the field. Uh, like what sort yeah, of exactly. matchups? Um, yeah, that sort of thing. Did you have to go into, or were there sure. even if you didn't have to face them? Uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, I think when I first got there, I was asking some of the, you know, some of the other folks in this community, like, hey, you know, are there any killers here? Does anyone fly in? And I know, I know there were plenty of people who came in. Someone came in from Germany. Someone came in from Toronto. Cool. Uh, I don't know if we had, you know, the, the celebrities of, of the, the Kill Team circuit there. Maybe I'll, I'll, pat, I'll attribute you know, my win to maybe not being, not, no one was hunting the gold ticket there uh, abroad. I know we didn't wow. have. Um, Everyone's Chris hunting Bakken. the gold tickets, you know, <laughs> like people want them. People go out there just to get the goldens. Yeah, yeah now whew, it's hot yeah um yeah so i as far as the field goes i mean but there were plenty of very competitive players i'll, I'll throw a name out there brendan bean um who is uh regularly a blooded player now has switched uh over to cults uh plays a lot in all these local tournaments a lot most of these local tournaments that we've come, that we've talked about he was either administering one of those tournaments or it became us in the final round of the tournament so we've yeah. had a lot of very tense uh tense games before so he was big competition um, and I did get to play him in the tournament. I'm sure we'll talk about all my awesome. rounds uh, okay. later on. But uh, obviously, but his he was main downfall was that he meta chased. He's a slave to the meta, and so you beat him purely through moral superiority, right? An unrepentant devotee of the chaos gods. Outrageous. You know? That's how the hubris <laughs> has to get back to you. Sure. Uh, what was the field looking like, though? Were there a million intercession and legionary players? Uh, was everyone running cults? Was it, as you say, a shark tank? Like, uh, how, what was there the were three. There were three cults players, including okay. Mr. Bean. Um, so I was definitely, definitely fear of cults. Uh, there were other great players playing... Um, Novitiates, uh, you know, the top field, of course, had Hand of the Archon, uh, a few other Intercessors teams. There was one Felgor team I didn't face. I've played now again against uh, them after the tournament because I wanted that experience. Um, there were several Harlequins. Uh, it's, it, felt, it felt pretty balanced. Um, it okay. didn't feel like the meta chase was there. I think there was, there was definitely one well-placing Inquisition team. Maybe there was someone else further down the list. Um, you know... You've probably talked about it before, but the availability of, of some of those teams has been yeah. very limited. And yeah. so even though they might be the hotness, you know... Got to get them. Yeah. It's probably underrepresenting, making them underrepresented. For sure. So before we dive into the intercession and your specific matchups, let's have a quick chat about the terrain. Um, I've seen... So here's a question, because 
I was shown two different setups, but somebody said there was only one setup. How, how many setups were there? There were two. Okay. Um, right. That's what I thought. Yeah. So I mentioned before, yeah, all of Terrace, you know, nothing, nothing added, nothing subtracted. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was a really good call on the TO's part. There was a setup for uh, nacho deployments and a setup for, for hot dog deployments. Okay. And there were no hamburger deployments. Um, and those were by table. So every table was set up one way or the other. Cool. And so as you moved around between matches, you know, you'd, you could play on a hot dog or a hamburger. But that did mean, like, in a round, you know, people were playing. Everyone was playing loot. But um, there were two different types of board setups. Right. They were using all the different objective setups, but, you know, none of the, um, like I said, no hamburgers. So, um, oh, okay. but then terrain-wise, there were only three setups. But I, yeah, I'm pretty sure they were using the different objective layouts within those terrain setups. Oh, cool. So throughout, you know, however many, t 30 tables, you'd have, mm. in the same round, you would have everyone playing the same mission, loot, whatever. But then th scattered throughout, everybody would be playing on whatever the available official Critops maps packs are for those different mm. deployments. Cool. Mm. Okay, that sounds good. Now, when it comes to um, terrain and Octarius, one of the big things that kind of differs between the official tournaments is doors. Fans tend to say, if you're not playing doors, you're not playing kill team, right? Uh, GW says doors, they're not part of the kill zone. Um, and this is a GW tournament, but I believe you played doors, right? Doors and hatches were, were openable. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it definitely changes games, right? Oh, I, I, you could run each of those games one way or the other, and it's going to change setups. It's going to change you know, strength during the game, um, like preference of even taking attacker defender, so you can pick that side of the table. Sure. Um, did you have... So, uh, well, I suppose I'll say my bit first. Um, I thought that from last year, um, the terrain setups this year looked, if I'm honest, pretty solid. Like, I... I I, you know, I think a year and a half ago, whatever, I there there was the first US uh, GW run tournament, and the terrain was pretty shocking, um, which is fair, mm. you know, like it's a new season, it's a new edition, nobody knows what's happening, but um, using exactly the same terrain, I thought actually that the the the, the layouts I saw were pretty good. What did you think about them? Yeah, I thought they were strong. Um... Because I think it was a really good idea to really only have the two layouts, right? Yeah. Because um, one designer can make two two fair layouts. Uh, so just one more bit about the terrain, because yeah. this has come up in a lot of my games, and now I'll always try to play it this way. Um, Octarius, you have your oil derrick, and there's that little pipe that hangs yeah. off the edge. That pipe was insignificant, okay. and so was the part, um, like the half pipe under the oil derrick. And if you could fit a model okay. through there, which I think is only 25s, um, you could, you know, you were allowed to move there in the game. So. That's like that's a standard way to play Octarius. I mean, I think everyone who went for that tournament felt pretty good about it. I know games will play sense. Everyone's going to apply those rules. For sure. Um, on the terrain setups, yeah, uh, I think you know folks can find the images, or maybe you'll be able to we'll share them in the chat. Um, the uh, you know you always had one piece of heavy uh, that was accessible, uh, like right in front of your deployment zone or okay. inside your deployment zone, um, and at least two pieces in the center. Um, one piece of the heavy, you know, sounds really great. Like, oh, it's safe. But, you know, big teams or even intercession, that means if you're trying to stay safe from vantage and you're, you know, an obscuring, uh, big question marks on obscuring, we'll get that in a sec. You know, you can really only stay behind there. And so it did, you know, did take some risk taking. And I guess I'll answer that question mark about obscuring right away. Like, yeah, yeah we were playing all the right obscuring rules, but, you know, plenty of teams have ways to ignore it. Um, I played twice against Phobos. I myself was running the Auspex uh, on my intercession team every game, so I could ignore it where I needed to. And so, you know, obscuring isn't... You know, depending on the matchup, you go into a game, you'll know, like, oh, am I, is obscuring totally safe? Or, like, do I need to, you know, pay attention to that? Or, you know, some teams, like, football, I mean, they're just flat out ignoring it. Yeah, sure. Okay, fair enough. Um, that was pretty much all I had for terrain because, I mean, normally <laughs> it's something to dwell on and complain about for ages, but I, I thought they were pretty good, to be honest. So, it's not, not, yeah. not much to complain about. It's interesting, you know, and, and then after, you know, especially because you keep playing on the same setups after, you know, a few games, you realize where the interesting choke points are. Like, oh, here there's a piece of scramble really close to the heavy. Like, charging there is actually a lot more difficult than it seems because you can only really scramble charge, which means if you're too far from the scramble field, you know, you can think you're really close to somebody, but you're actually safe from a turn of charging or they can push their guy back enough from the scramble that, you know, the scramble charge isn't going to work. Um, and so, you know, those those. those once those choke points became like well known, that became mm -hmm. interesting. Um, I think everyone was playing. There was usually always uh, a building near the center of the board or in the center of the board. So lots of games with uh, throwing a barricade in front of that door. Like, you know, sometimes both people want it blocked. Um, sure. You know, for 
because you know people want to be in control. No one wants to get uh, someone surging through the center, surprising, uh, you know, upsetting their game plan. For sure, uh, I think that so obviously scramble terrain only turns up in Octarius, but it's a really interesting piece, and it allows you to move in ways people don't really predict. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you can catch a lot of new players out with scrambled terrain and charges because you could dash before the charge, etc. So it's it's pretty interesting. Um, <clears throat> moving on quickly to your experience level and why intercession. So you said that you've been to a few tournaments already, so it's not like your mm -hmm. first tournament. But no. if anybody says, you know, which kill team do you start the game with? Intercession is the answer, right? Uh, yeah, right. I mean, if, if you're teaching anybody, that's there's probably three good answers, but it's the best answer. Yeah, well, free rules, uh, easy to get. Everyone has the models, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your experience level, like how did you, how you did in the past tournaments and why you went with Intercession, maybe? Sure. Uh, yeah, I'll walk you through a little bit of story because I actually didn't start with Intercession. Um, oh. I had been painting uh, for a few years, really got heavy into it during COVID, um, and I was painting orcs and space wolves because it's a great hobby when you're stuck at home. Uh, I was, my wife and I were having our first kid at the same time. And so when you don't know, you can't schedule your, you know, your, your fun time uh, painting with a wet palette, you know, you can start stuff all on your own time. That's exactly what I thought you meant when you talked about fun time with a wife. Yep. <laughs> so, um, so I had those models. Uh, at some point I traded, I had a bunch of Necrons. I realized I was never going to use them. Um, traded in, got some cash uh, from somebody and they're like, Oh, do you want the, Pathfinder kill team, and I'm like, sure, that sounds fun. So I built and played that as my first kill team. Um, kind of the opposite of intercession in terms of complexity. Yeah. I was really, it felt really strong. I mean, I was I was playing them after their first nerf when it was still two CP for a greater uh, greater good, and mm. you couldn't remove heavy cover with the, um, with your marker lights. Which yeah, I mean that would have been ridiculous before. That's <laughs> it was really way too strong. <laughs> Um, and I, I really liked the team I was learning. I was certainly slow. I'd say, like, I have, uh, even before, well, I played Warhammer in high school, um, but I've played, you know, Magic the Gathering in high school, and since then, just tons of board games. Like, love board games, love playing board games competitively. Mm -hmm. Like, was playing Settlers of Catan before it was in English. Um, what, like, I played, I mean, I, just, I can just, like, Terraforming Mars had been my jam for a couple of years, and we played with all the expansions, big, like, four-hour brain drain games. Um, so, you know, not, not, uh, not unfamiliar with games, even though, you know, maybe a less kill team experience. So than, like all kill you know, team players, players, you were just balls deep in pussy 24 <laughs> yeah. seven. We've all been there. I'm, I'm a married cool. man. Cool. I'm a married man. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, sure. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, keep yeah. going. Ignore my <laughs> weird comments. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I started with, with Pathfinders, brought them to a local tournament, I think of 16, 14 mm -hmm. people. You just dominated the first couple rounds. I mean, it's mean what you can do with a recon drone and a grenade and mm. you know people's ill-placed starting models. Got to the last game uh, against Mr. Mr. Brendan Bean, who I, mm. I mentioned before, and I think my brain was just racked. I'd taken every game way over time. You guys know Pathfinders. They had more models then. That was before the, the nerf <laughs> out of 12. Yeah. So many just interactions, every model being unique, really needing to think things out because you don't want anyone getting charged. Um, mm. Man, I couldn't play well. I, 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 I'm I, even if I, that game was like just that last game was just a, a bomb for me. Like I, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't handle handle the mental load at that point. I was, I was burnt out. Sure. So you know, uh, two months later, there's another tournament, and we're getting ready. Uh, and the intercession rules come out. I'm like, oh, okay. If I want to play in a tournament again, these seem to be the guys to do it with. I played like one practice game just to learn the rules, but mm. like you know, wasn't wasn't much. Yeah. Um, then I brought them to the next tournament did really did well ended up with mr bean again in the final round uh and then he taught me a very hard lesson about non-reciprocal shooting on into the dark uh right. but somehow i had a miraculous comeback um and pulled that game off with like with by a few victory points with one guy still on the board um awesome. and like yeah like that feels good and so i brought intercession to you know the next few tournaments that i went to and then eventually to tacoma because i think especially in a tournament scene like I'll, you know it's, i think it's not controversial like yeah, the brain power to play intercession is way less than the brain power to play those other teams. Of course, there's a lot of other things to think about in a tournament scene. Like, you want to and playing at your best. You know, you're not even if you play a good team not at their best. I would say like you know a slightly less good team played perfectly is going to be a much stronger like competitive play. Like where you really have to eke out you know every advantage. Um, and so yeah, I've liked intercession. I think I mean maybe you no, know, I think maybe that's become my play style of like 
you know, big pieces, um, you know, if you're thinking like chess, like everything's a big piece, you know, really easy to set up. Sure. If you're going to lose a model, like, yeah, it's easy going to be a trade. Would you rather play with Overwatch. 12 pawns or six queens? As well, yeah, queens. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, they've taken a few nerfs, and I, I frankly, like, agree with them. Like, the, you know, Methodical's earlier incarnation, way too good. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Durable was probably was probably too strong, too, combined with, like, the fact they all got an extra wound when they became a uh, bespoke team. Sure. Um, so, you yeah, know, Intercession, it's nice and simple. You play the fundamentals of the game. Um, you know, in, especially in Into the Dark, you have to make, like, very straightforward strategic decisions of, like, how much to dedicate to each lane of the combat. You know, go even, like, there's three lanes, two, two, two. Or are you going to put one guy in a, you know, a single lane just to keep the other person honest and then maybe try to shift it later and, and you know, not put the pressure on? Um, I was able to think very clearly during those games. I'm not going to say I'm the fastest player in the world. And certainly no one at uh, any of these clubs would say I'm the fastest player. I'm definitely getting faster. <laughs> but with intercession, you know, the amount of options you have to evaluate every round is, is, is less. Um, and you get to play play well. And so I would wonder, you know, in one-off games, yeah, you know, Felgor, Cults, and all these other teams, you know, might 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 be better. The statistics, if there were statistics for that, they might show up as better. But you throw people in a tournament environment, you know, game three at the end of the day, game six at the end of day twos, I bet you intercession is overperforming versus the complicated teams. Sure. Um, yeah. So quick question as you're talking about that there. Um, for the GW tournaments I've gone to, they have been much, much, much more lax about people running over time than some of the, um, the you know, the FLGS tournaments how were they with yours was it like hour 45 stop dice down or was it like oh two two fifteen yeah it's cool keep going uh, I, kind of, I, was, I was in the top tables on day two and you know obviously he was uh the, the to was very interested in making sure we could move ahead at times i think we might have okay. gone five or ten minutes over in okay. in game five and then he let us start the other game slowly but he said there was a strict stop and then okay. uh, that game we didn't actually have a problem with time it was focused for intercessors so that kind of moved had a good clip. Okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think I think there I think there was somewhat flexible, but uh, no one was going like thirty minutes over over the time. I, I think he was willing to give out the, the five ten minutes. Um, sure. At least at the top tables, um, you know, um, at the I, I'll say like you're so you know in the tournament scene, like I was so focused on on the, my last those last two games, like I, I didn't really know what was going on anywhere <laughs> else. Maybe people told me I it probably slipped right out of my mind. I forgot to pick up my mat. I paid for the the pre, oh. the, the promo mat. I'm still trying to work out with them. Like, can I just get it sent, or you want to like give me seventy bucks back? <laughs> right. It's cool, but like, I, I, I mean, so to talk about how much brain drain there was at the end of the last game, because I think we left it all on the table. Um, we triple checked our scores for uploading them to the BCP app, right? And we did it wrong. And like, he came out as like number one. We're like, oh wait, the deal's like, wait, I thought that was the other way around. And we're like, oh yeah, <laughs> oops. Um, yeah. And then like we looked at it so many times, and like yeah, every every brain cell was left on that that table. And we had a lot of TO support in that game too. That was, that's actually okay. another thing I should maybe mention in one of your earlier um, questions. Like for the last game, the final game, which was going to you know decide who got that ticket, the yeah. TO was probably with us forty percent of that game. Okay. And you know he's, he's like you know guys pre measure use a use a test model when you're trying to put something somewhere. If you have any questions, you know give it to me. And uh, me and my opponent were like very willing to just be like yeah hey like. It's controversial. Like you just tell us, can this guy move this yeah. far and still see this person or be protected? See, you know, shoot this person being protected from this. And we we're just like, you know, don't don't ask us. Like our, our yeah. brains are dead. Let let Tio decide. Um, that's great. That's a great way to play. 100%. If everyone could play with their own personal like <laughs> rules and like model butler, it'd be like a very enjoyable game. Obviously, uh, not really realistic, but yeah. um, that made it a very enjoyable game. No, I agree. I think um, one of the things that obviously top table top table final mm. round is a slightly different vibe but mm. um yeah 100 percent. if anyone's ever going to a tournament i say just call the judge like for anything there should be no stigma you're not accusing your opponent of anything you're just playing the game mm. and you're letting somebody else decide almost like a computer you know just what does the judge say you know awesome. it's a complicated game it is you know no yeah. matter what kill team is a complicated game like you know, I'll say in this tournament, it, it caught me in the first couple games, the rules for doors on Octarius and Under the Dark, not quite the same. I think the rules yes. for Octarius doors are actually a little loose as far as, like, where you have they to be are pretty the loose. store. Yes. Um, but he, he gave us an interpretation, and that was fine. Um, sure. You know, I I like, oh, but I, you know, I thought everything was Octarius or um, Into the Dark. Like, just have a free inch to the side of each door to move from. Like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. No, that's not it. Yeah. Um, okay, so quickly moving on, because I am, of course, aware of time. Um <laughs> So, your overall answer to that really is you decided to go into session because of 
your own fears about you slow playing and um, brain drain. Yeah, I think okay. it's, it was a, it was not a meta choice. You know, I, maybe when it came to traits, I had to change because I'd always played methodical and durable before, and I, right. I thought methodical was really bad. Uh, so I switched to uh, rapid, which yeah, new favorite there. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm aware, you know, I'm, I'm aware of the scene. I'm obviously aware of all the, you know, all the media outlets talking about how Felgors, you know, are going to come for your children. Mm-hmm. The cultists are going to take your jobs. Um, you know, the Inquisition is going to report cool. you for, for thought crimes. But you know, I don't know. I really didn't have the bandwidth uh, to learn another team as well, especially like knowing I have played a few games. I've got Hand of the Archon. I've got Phobos. I've got Orcs. I've played a few games with each. Like, I, don't, I don't have the confidence that I do with Intercession. And, and that's, you know, it's a slippery slope, right? Because I, I have the confidence with Intercession. I keep playing them in competitive events and building my confidence. So a quick uh, uh, <laughs> question about that there then. Um, so obviously you're confident with Intercession and you didn't mm-hmm. want to swap to one of the new top meta killer teams, but you did have to play them. Did you find mm-hmm. that it? I I personally find that generally, if I'm playing a new faction for the first time, I'm essentially learning that faction, and I'm probably going to lose because I don't know what their gotcha is. Right? Did you have to also semi-learn cults, Felgor, Inquisition, how did the Archon, or nope, in session Har- just bad? And Harlequins. I I had never played against Harlequins until oh, okay. until the tournament, or round three of the tournament. But I've read. I've been so afraid of them. There's a yeah. player in my local scene who who has them. And I just never matched up together right. playing against each other with with the, with those with his team versus with uh, with Harlequins versus Intercession. Um, so yeah, I you know read the rules, you know was afraid, um, you know. But I think Intercession strategies are always pretty simple. Like, you know, what what operators are you going to bring to the table? Ended up being very a very consistent answer for me um, sure. in that round. And then you know what do you do best? Oh, you shoot, you know, and you and you keep your mind clear to, to focus on victory points. Um, so yeah, very afraid of those teams. You know, a specific game plan against them. Um, I mean, no, I didn't have like you know a flowchart uh, there. I think. Ooh. I mean, we can we can run through our inter- inter- intercession strategy because we have so few yeah. pieces. Things end up being fairly similar sure. a lot of can the time. You, can you um, give like a five ten minute intercession team breakdown? Let's say I don't know intercession. What do I take? All right, you've got six models and you don't have that many choices. You're going to take a sergeant. Um, now, there's probably two setups in most cases you're going to run between, which is you're going to take a power sword and a... a, a, a I, I do the auto bolt rifle. Um, or you're going to take a chain sword and a plasma pistol. Um, one of one or the other there based on the matchup. You're going to take your gunner. Um, he's the guy with the grenade launcher. Uh, you're either going to give him an auto bolt rifle or a stalker, I think. Um, then you're going to take the grenadier. No choices. Uh, and then with your three open slots... I'm almost always taking two, we'll call them like bolt, bolt uh, rifle or auto bolt rifle intercession warriors um, and one assault warrior. Uh, in, in some matchups, I'll mix, I, I could mix, I'd see mixing that up. But even if you look at those maps for the tournament, or I think any map, you know, you're going to have some objectives. Let's say you have, uh, you know, there's always an objective on your far right and your far left. And those, you're going to send people out there. They're probably not your strongest models because you, those are your flex models. They're, they're your pawn your most pawn-like models. One of those is probably not going to have great fire lanes, so that's where the Assault Warrior goes because he gets more damage in close combat, he gets an extra attack, he's a bigger threat in close combat. One of those lanes probably has good shooting available, so yeah, like put that as your warrior lane. And those guys aren't going to get pumped up with equipment. Those guys' job is to score points and, and you know force the trade if, if your opponent's going to be aggressive. Hmm. Um, so you got four models left. What are they doing? Um, the sergeant, I think, is almost always going to the center of the board. He projects so much power, whether it's the plasma pistol or like double shooting twice with an auto bolt rifle, which you're probably, if you take that, you're probably putting the upgrade on it to make it four or five damage. So that guy can cleave through models. He's a big threat in melee, regardless. Um, he's a big threat in melee and shooting, with regardless of whatever setup you take. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I ever want to, he doesn't want to, you know, I don't use him to initiate the trade right in the first round. He is a big threat. He's going to control space. The opponent's going to be afraid. Uh, well, if I charge in there, oh, your sergeant just gets to kill me. Um, so he's going to go in the center, hold back and control space. Your grenadier is probably going up and being your your alpha strike, um, your person to initiate a trade or you know throwing a grenade first round usually a good idea. You know, regardless of the target, um, you know you don't want to say like, oh, I want to save my crack grenade for the best target. Like I won't use it first round. Like no, like you're going to have a lot of guns. Um, get a crack off at somebody the first round if you can. Get a frag off. You know, if it's a if it's a horde team. Mm. Um, and then who's sitting in back of your big shooters? So you're going to have your gunner, 
uh, always give the gunner the auspects. And you're probably going to have a bolt rifle. Maybe it's you, maybe you upgrade to what we call the you know the super bolt rifle, where you put the blessed bolt and the scope upgrade on there. So it's four five lethal five up and P one. Mm. Um, a minimum, it's probably just going to be P one lethal five still, which is is dangerous to most models in the game. Um, you know, they're your shooters. They're going to sit around your home base, probably on a vantage point. Um, I think every game that a guy with the auspects is going to have a shot first round, and if he doesn't have a shot. You're at least making your opponent like I'm gonna use the term respect you. Like they mm-hmm. have to play safe. They can't um, just throw people wildly out of an objective without you know risking getting shot at. And especially you know these maps or any maps, those far objectives probably don't have heavy cover you know on the point, or at least one of them won't. And you'll be like, well, there's a lot, and since you can get rid of obscuring, you know you're gonna be able to find that open fire lane. And so yeah, hey, you want to go out there and loot that objective or claim that objective? I'm gonna get a shot off at that person. Um, you're probably going to die getting hit with a crack grenade with your, your rerolls. Mm. Um, and, and even if they want to out activate you because you only have six activations and they have more, they're going to make the shot on overwatch. Okay. Um, so, and this is why I like the stalker. Oh, sorry. No, so that's yeah, why I like keep, the stalker on yep. the gunner. Mm. I like the stalker on the gunner and that might, it may, and that's interesting because you have, because you have the aspects, your main set of actions with that guy is probably move aspects, shoot the grenade or if he's on, if he's already on vantage and he's shooting anyway, you probably don't need to do more than a dash to get your shot off. And so, yeah, take the stalker because it's free, free AP. Okay, sounds good. So to summarize quickly, you got two losers that go up the sides. Um, you put mm. one of the um, the assault guy on the one that doesn't have a good fire lane. You put the mm. regular incest on the one that does have a good fire lane. Then you've got your gunner who ideally sits back on vantage, but only if it's obviously appropriate maybe you need him to hold your objective you send um your sergeant right up the middle and he's just dominating in the center in some way but you're not aggressive with him at least not turn one you're holding back for turn two ideally from what you say uh baiting something because if you're an incestor you could probably survive that kind of thing yeah i think the grenadier is you know is the tip of the spear in the front there so if they want to trade with the grenadier that's great that's probably the sergeant Who's gonna, you know, claim the claim the kill if do, somebody was do the gets rushed up on your grenadier? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Great. So, uh, moving on because we don't. We've only got like fifteen minutes. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah. So um, let's. So that's kind of the breakdown of the incession team. And I want to know, but this is going to be a bit of an odd question, maybe because obviously you've just won and got a, a golden ticket with them. Um, but in and the intercession team, because it is a beginner team and therefore probably has quite a few beginner players playing it. Is it actually a top-tier team? I'd going to say, yeah. I think I think it is. Um, because okay. even... I'd, I'd say two reasons. One, like, in actual play style, we talk about the brain load of a tournament. Um, if you play Intercession, you can get close to playing what I think you could say is like a perfect game. Okay. You know, it's, it's hard in Warhammer, right? There's a lot of variables. Um, even outside of the dice, there's a lot of variables, but you can say like, this is the right strategy. I implemented it correctly. Like you are going to, you're going to get near the, the top output, like possibility of playing intersection. Whereas other teams, yeah, like to get to that top output, it's going to be really hard. And, you know, maybe there's a lot bigger questions to ask. There's so many possibilities of how to play Tau um, or some of these big teams. Mm. With intercession, you can potentially do it, and you can do it in a tournament environment where mm-hmm. the the burn is higher. Now, is it the top? Now, if we if we strip that out, if like let's say I give you you know we give somebody four hours to play a game, we put a judge there, we let them think through everything, you know, phone a friend, you know, yeah. play split the game up and play play where you you know have two tables now where you made a different choice at the beginning and the end. Is if you give someone that much freedom, is intercession still a top team? Because of the output of double shooting and fighting, you know. I'd say it's still pretty strong. Um, sure. Like the, you can, every intercessor is a huge threat. Even, you know, you get somebody down to two health, you put your, you know, you pop your strat for, hey, I'm not injured, you yeah. know, no APL modifiers. He can go and body two, two lesser models. Like one intercessor can all, can just trade through a lot of models if your opponent doesn't get you know, you know, you, yeah. Your opponent has to set up, they have to set up perfect trades. Um, sure. And it's hard, it's hard to trade into an intercessor. I've, and in my own games where I've switched and played a different team and gone against intercessors or legionaries, like initiating that whole role of like, well, I'm going to charge you, lose a guy to get him down to half, 
so that somebody else can charge and make the kill and get trade. Like, it's so hard to, you know, it can be hard to start that when someone plays as cagey as you should in a competitive environment with intercessors. Like, the, they're just a big block of stats um, and lethality walking around because of the, the double shoot, double fight okay. possibilities. Well, following that up, Ben, do you think they are actually balanced or are they a little bit OP? Uh, well, one more, maybe one more point. Okay. The other thing that makes intercession great is the rerolls. That like that's huge consistency. Mm. No one else has. And on double shoot, double fight, you're getting the rerolls multiple times. I mean, not to mention what happens if you get rerolls on a grenade. Uh, oh, and maybe <laughs> this sweet trick I'll reach in. If you have to blast yourself with a grenade, you probably have the right reroll aura up that you can use that reroll to when you're resolving oh. it against the intercessor to force reroll one of your hits. That's very very good. Try tip. to make it a very good tip. I like um, it. Okay. You know they. Um, and so, sorry, your, and your last question was, is... Uh, uh, so, you know, are they balanced? Oh, are they balanced? Okay. Yeah. I'm balanced against the field. Um, man, it's so hard to say. Like, I mean, everyone, <laughs> everyone's got, you know, everyone's got opinions on balance. I could give you my whole list sheet of where, like, where fixes are due. Sure. Um, I mean, who who should they balance the game? They should probably balance okay. the game around so, intercessors. Let, let, well, yes, I agree. But... Let's say, for example, I suppose balance is such a difficult thing to define, but uh, my current latest concept uh, is that the game has become, and tell me if I'm wrong, like that, I'm pitching you the yeah. idea, you tell me, as the number right. one Tacoma player, I think that as the game has progressed, we've seen more and more rock, paper, scissors design. So I think in session are really good. However, mm. there, is, there are, let's say, Kasakin, for example, that mm. will just body you because they just have the AP. Um, you could just fail, like, oh no, I, I think famously, famously in my head, sorry, uh, I was playing um, Grey Knights back when it was Compendium, and I lost mm. to Scions, which makes sense, mm. but I didn't fail a single armor save, but he still tabled me, because he just had the AP to chew through me. I still made all my saves, but he wrecked me. Kasekin, that's probably a scenario we can say, yeah. so that's probably a scenario we can say, like, balance is wrong if your rolls are great and you just get bodied and you don't even see the route to victory sure so what do you think about that like um how do you feel intercession play in this concept that i've just thrown your way with zero time to think mm -hmm. of the rock paper scissors design it feels to me like intercession is the, the most vanilla you know it's the the not rock paper scissors i mean maybe that's why they're over uh, underbalanced but you know when it mm. comes to missions other teams have missions they're strong and weak on like i got to fight phobos on secure we have to hold it at the end of the round so like you know their extra action their free action like not being used or sure. fighting cults on loot where they're like oh, but i have to leave people back and you can't even mutate them that far because it gets harder and harder mm. to tap the objective like that's you know, intercession feel very balanced across all three objectives. Are they a rock, paper, scissors? I mean, who's the... Who's, I haven't, I haven't got, I'll play against Karsten sometime um, now mm -hmm. to warm up, especially for the World Trip Cup. And I'll, I'll let you know if they're... Yeah. If I feel they're... Uh, if they're the can opener for the intercession <laughs> can. But I just feel like intercession is one key tool there that other elite armies don't have. Fire on death. I mean, maybe they can kill you with a non-reciprocal shot. Sure. But okay, I'll, you know, if you kill me, that plasma gunner is going down, going down with me. Sure. Um, so um, that's quick, yeah. quick question, I suppose. Uh, if you if you were to play another team, which would it be? I don't have. <laughs> uh, let's say intercession get nerfed to the ground tomorrow. Yeah, sure. Um, intercession's gone. We go to ten wounds. Yeah, we go to ten wounds. They lose double shots. Yeah. Um, the reroll thing changes. I'm no longer confident that they're a reasonable team to bring to um, to worlds. Yeah. I'll probably play legionary because it's okay. the closest. Um, with maybe Phobos um, oh. as the side. Uh, or if they introduce a you know a Terminator team, where I only have to think about five models. Um, <laughs> yeah, there. <laughs> right. There we go. So, obviously, the teams you've just picked, there's all all elite. Is that just because you purely think about I want to be fast, or uh, and and brain drain, or is it like you know what I just kind of like the theme. I think I like the I like the play style. Okay. Keeping my mind clear, that's where it is. I mean, I can try. I'll keep trying to play some more practice games with my hand. Um, you know, Orcs are, are really strong right now, so maybe give them a second look. I love the towel, but I just don't think I can pull. <laughs> I don't think I can play my best in a tournament, in a competitive environment with those teams. Yes, they've become a very fragile team that really show a lot of skill if you can get those wins with them, that's for sure. With those latest nerfs, uh, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um, quickly you we you did play with them and you have briefly touched on them but what did you feel about the latest nerfs to intercession like 
I mean, you've even said you decided to not run methodical, was it? Or do you, you didn't run yeah. durable? I've been so until until this tournament, I always run durable and methodical. Right. Um, methodical was way too good. It did too many things. Sure. It got rid of the Overwatch penalty. It got rid of the injury penalty, and it got rid of the penalties from other effects. Like cults have a way to reduce your um, your weapon skill in close combat. So yeah, all three things was really strong, and the mm. fact that it basically made every time you do your Wrath of Vengeance um, the ploy to get revenge shooting on somebody when you go so down, good. like well that that's always going to be making that always at full BS like. Oh, Methodical was too good. It covered too many bases. Yeah. Now it just does Overwatch. In open, I don't even know if that's enough. Like, there were very few shots in in the competitive games mm -hmm. where, like, it... I have very few Overwatch shots to begin with. And the competitive... People play smart, right? They're not... No one's handing that out for free. Sure. And, you know, it's only going to catch threes and fours. You're probably getting a reroll anyway. Like, will it make a difference in the game? That's... There's a lot of questions to ask over something. that like, you only get to pick two. Like, you should pick something that's much more reliable. So... Um, should they get nerfed? Yeah, that, that should have gotten nerfed. Should they get nerfed more? If they take a wound off of each of them, I, I'm not going to abandon ship right away. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Fair enough. Uh, but to your playstyle, so the only thing that changes, you no longer take methodical, you swap to rapid and durable. Mm -hmm. And was it rapid durable. and durable in every match? Yeah, I never, I never changed it. Because um, they're the best, yeah. Why would you? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I also think, I mean, I'm going to keep rapid all the time. Like, I like scoring victory points and getting shots that I wouldn't get otherwise. Durable, I could see giving up, but category-wise, there's nothing else. You're not going to pay the point. There's nothing else in that category that that's, that's that great. No. Um, so, if it, you know, I, durable is potentially on the chopping block going forward. Like, people like, I hear a lot of good talk on deadly shots, which is convert uh, some of your damage on crits into mortal wounds. Um, that seems more accurate, which is bolt weapon crits going to get no cover um, and deny your deny the retained cover save. Um, those seem good, but it's, you know, if I, my big thought on that is those might push you over the threshold in like five, 10% of cases from, oh, shooting at somebody versus shooting and injuring somebody or, you know, doing a lot of damage versus getting killed, which is obviously the really big threshold that we get over, sure. but being alive, durable on one or two wounds presents much more of a threat to your opponent. Um, For sure. I, I definitely have models on one or two moons, wounds do heroic things, uh, in the game. Yeah. Or at least keep the opponent on it. Like, this can't be super aggressive. Maybe, yeah, well, you know, it's going to die anyway, but that's going to burn up two of the actions from, um, you know, uh, if they get initiative, that's going to burn up their first two actions, and it's going to let you position your other models better. So, great. Sweet. Okay. Uh, we've only got five minutes. So, um, here's kind of, uh, how many have I put? Four questions. Okay. Uh, so, what oh, do man. you think is the moment that almost lost you the tournament? You had to pick sure. one. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I've talked about smart things and keeping your mind clear. So there was a time I didn't do it. <laughs> right. The end of round five. Uh, round five was against Hand of the Archon. This was the only game I have that went long. Um, and this is a position I've been in with other tournaments before, and I think I, and I've done poorly, which is why I keep trying to talk about keeping your mind clear. And let's save the last minute to talk about how to solve that problem, too, when you're in the tournament, because I think that's interesting. Um, but last, so round five, last couple actions. Um, it's, it's relatively down to the wire. You know, very few models on the table. My, I, I get the last action of the game with somebody, and I just overthink. Even though I've got, like, six people around me watching, and I tell everybody, like, I just need to think about victory points. Like, I don't need to get kills. Like, let me just think about victory points. And then I move somebody off of an objective for, like, a nebulous reason. And his last activation was to go take that objective. So swing two points uh, against me. Okay. And, like, from, like, you know, in uh, unforced error, right? No reason to do that. Like, yeah. pass, pass was the best move. Right. Um, and pass pass should be the best move. Everyone should know sometimes the best answer is like do nothing, stay where you are, you're projecting threat, like don't confuse action with results. Sure. Um so I, I did something stupid in front of a lot of people, uh, swung two points the other way, right? Because I lost one, he gained one. I still won by one point. Like, man, would that have felt dumb yeah. to have lost my shot at the top table because in that. So that saved by the skin of my two. No reason. Like to take a shot at somebody that that was pointless. Um, Excellent. I, I, I love the phrase, don't confuse action with results. If I was doing a, a hot alpha bro podcast cut, that's how we'd start. Don't confuse action with results. I love it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Now, what would you say is the one moment that won you the tournament? One moment that won me the tournament. Mm. Oh, man. I, know. I picked interception. I don't know. Yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah. 
I, I did have a crazy role with like uh, dozens of, or a dozen people watching. Maybe on the last, my last activation, I got to re-roll a dice to search for that critical save that kept a model at two wounds alive so he could go kill their leader. And it was a net swing of three points, which is, would have been huge, but like the, the margin of victory was, was beyond three. So it would, have been a, it would have looked like a close game, and then it looked like a faraway game because I got to do a, you know, the Emperor Protects and roll a six with my last CP. Brilliant. So um, you lose a game or you would have lost a game because of your mm. actions, but you don't lose a game because of, uh, because of dice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. What was, uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Maybe what won me that game, mm. that last game against Phobos. I, I got, I got, um, I won the roll off and I, I picked sides cause I, I play okay. Phobos. So I say I have a Phobos team and I looked at the table and I, I've seen this table before. I'm like, one of these tables is going to be way too good for Phobos shooting. Like right. I need to pick the other side. And we're already playing um, capture, which or secure, you know, hold it at the end of the round as the mission. So that's already like not in Phobos's favor. And then I got to give him the bad side of the board. And so, like, I think for him it had to be a very uphill battle. Because uh, oh, he, he was a good, strong player. But I think those two things, locking those things in the beginning, recognizing that the side was more important than initiative, that, that, that might have been the tournament winner in the final round. Oh, we clearly should have asked that in the terrain bit. Uh, but do you mm. think it was made? It was actually the board it's was fair. unbalanced, or it was fine? It was within tolerance. I mean, the board is within tolerance. But okay. When you can ignore obscuring, I mean, I don't think you should. I don't think they should design boards to be totally safe for people who ignore obscuring. We're just gonna like put up what, like big flat sure. pizza plate walls everywhere. Yeah. Um, but when you look at them, what I did was I picked the side of the board where he couldn't just go throw. A reaver with the jetpack, or um, yeah. you know, the speed reavers off onto both flanks and claim like extra objectives without leaving that guy open to being shot. Um, and also, it made it a, I, I like one safer position with my own side to advance under the, the course of cover. I mean, when we talk about man, there's some we can't really get into it. But yeah. which way you place that piece of <laughs> yeah. yeah, the L-shaped piece of terrain that has a door, you know. Yeah. On this, whether that's in the center and the door, like the hidden part of it is on your side or the opponent's side, can like is really sure. good who gets initiative. Like, because I think you want to be inside the box where the door is on their side of the board, so you can get deeper into okay. their zone, stay protected, and have a surge point. And if they want to come into your zone, they have to, you know, wave below, you know, a few yeah. inches earlier because they're doing it on their own side. For sure, makes sense. Okay, what would you say if you if you had your you know your your group mm. of uh, kill team acolytes around you? What is the mm. biggest takeaway? from whatever you did in that tournament for a new a new player what would you give them oh, one man. piece of advice play I, totally, I bodied <laughs> i bodied a new player like oh, a teenager that's, how, that's how to do it i'm familiar so it's like I, yeah he, he ate a lot of frag grenades um <laughs> in very few amount of rounds um you've got to like if you're going to any game you're playing a bunch of, a bunch of competitive people if you're new like don't expect to take top tier try to learn as much as you can like I'll say the most frustrating thing in like in any game, especially when you go into competitive attitude, is like you lose and you lose so badly. Like, oh man, I don't even know what I could have done. Like, this game is rigged against me. Um, you know, that's that's a bad, that's a feels bad. So keep your mind open. Focus on like building. The, you're, you're probably going to play other games, right? And so find people to play those games against. You know, enjoy the community, enjoy the discussion. It's so rare you get to go to a place and talk. You know, this you know relatively you know narrow hobby, uh, but you can now, all of a sudden there's hundreds of people there, and I can talk it all day. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, I, I got bodied really badly in my first few games. I think like a, a fragstorm cannon ate a third of my pathfinders in like the, in round one of my first game. Like mm -hmm. I, that didn't deter me. The guy told me to space out. I just really didn't know how to do it. Um, sure. Yeah, I learned a lesson. Um, you're always learning a lesson when you lose. When you win, it's harder. You know, it can be harder to find where where the lesson was. When you lose, you know, then the lesson's usually really clear. Um, mm. So make sure you know you're doing that. And like, yeah. But if you're going to set play, you know, if you're going to play against somebody and it's a really uneven match, like, and this, I, I play board games with all sorts of people. And like, if there's games I'm really good at playing against my wife, I find a way to give her a handicap, like victory points, extra resources at the start, you know, change the win condition. Um, like, that makes, that keeps the game, yeah, that keeps the game fair and then still learning. And you're, because the goal is to get to a point where you can play a competitive game. Sure. Also, if you're learning, you know, you don't need to finish every game, right? And this is general board game advice. Like, if you're trying to learn a game, like, your goal isn't to like finish a game beginning to end. It's like to enjoy the game enough that you want to play again. Um, there's some great people at Waystone um, who are are teaching just like handfuls of folks every week how to play Kill Team, um, and like big props to them because like that's 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 what, that's really one of the that's like the biggest step in building a community is right. There's somebody there giving people that intro. So if you're a new player, learn to love losing. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, or ask ask for that handicap, right? Like, who's who's so competitive they want to body some new player by like ten points in a mm. casual game? I want to. All right. Okay. All also, right. <laughs> and obviously, strip out strip out CP or most ploys and sure. strip out secondaries. You know, simplify objectives. You know, don't you don't need to play the real game. You need to like get somebody enjoying the fundamentals for sure. Uh, and so now, your final question: your biggest takeaway for pro players. Okay. Cool. And this gets back to the last point that I wanted to make too. Great. I um I had done some competitions in high school, like you know, you know, standard cerebral competitions. And one of the things we learned was like an ex- some exercises for how to take like a break between games or between sessions and like reset your mind, right? And it's just as applicable to Warhammer. Right? You play these big brain burner games, you might only get, you know, a few minutes between the next game. Like even eating lunch sometimes isn't enough of a reset. You're going into a competitive environment, you're all about it's all about what's going on up here, right? Um and so you need to like, you know. Make sure this is working. Make sure your brain is working. Keep the tool operational. So, you know, maybe don't, you know, stay out till four in the morning drinking before. Um, you know, save it for afterwards as much as you can. It can be hard because, like, you know, it's a big community and there's a lot going on. But, you know, have, have one less drink. Eat a few <laughs> more salads. Drink a lot of water. You know, try to get the best sleep you can. But also between games, find a reset. So, like, I, after my round five, I went and I laid on the floor in some corner of the convention center where I, you know, outside of the big room for, like, ten minutes did some like really light exercises, did like these like just like mental like moving your limbs at different times because that was like this reset practice that I learned uh, in high school. And like and I took that ten minutes and I walked back in and like, okay, my head's not buzzing anymore. Like I'm thinking clear, like this is it. Like I'm I'm starting fresh. Like anyone who doesn't do that, like who goes into their next game like super oh, oh you know, like yeah, I can yeah. really think like I can't even like move my models anymore. Um like, yeah, that's a huge disadvantage, you know, regardless of, you know, an OP team or, you know, a favorable map setup. So, yeah, like, know that that's the biggest challenge to overcome and try to solve that, right? And you're not going to solve that one looking looking up strategies on the meta. Or, like, if I broke from game five and talked, like, oh, let me just talk to everyone here. Coach me on game six. Give me your strategies. Like, that's just going to be pure brain overload. I'm not going to be able to take advantage of anything. They tell me, like, you know, you need to, like... Try to just build your, you know, get your mental state, get at 100 mental health, you know, health points, get your shields up, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. grab the health packs and go in at, at, at your best. So pro players hydrate and get zen. There, you, there go. you go. There we go. Awesome. Okay. Well, that is, uh, you need to leave. So with that in mind, <laughs> um, do you, did you have any final words? Um, you know, yeah, Kill Team, it's been a great, I've had a great ride playing Kill Team. Just big shout outs to KTC, big shout outs to Waystone. Um, the all the groups there this uh, this tournament was a great way to you know meet people still met some new people um yeah talk to find you know found some like weird you know small world connections from the tournament so uh yeah you know it's a it's a rare opportunity to be able to do something like that especially when you're a, a working parent really appreciate that my wife by the way gave me the, the clear weekend let's, let's get that last right. tag in there she, the real she champions of kill team there yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um you can't do it without that support definitely um and so yeah so i had such a such a fun time that weekend like big thanks to everyone there big thanks to gw for organizing it perfectly run tournament like just just they did an excellent job running it um very appreciative very excited uh to see what's coming up in december uh yeah i'm gonna i've gotten the okay i'm gonna be practicing hard uh want to definitely represent the the pacific northwest on a big stage yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see. It's always one of the one of the most exciting times, right? When the the big golden ticket winners see what people are taking. Really hyped for it. Anyway, Matt, I'm cognizant that you've got to go. So, uh, thank, thank you, you so much for coming on. Um, thank you for chatting about intercession. Um, and obviously, thank you to everybody for watching or listening to this, which whatever you're doing. Um, I'm Glass Half Dead. As uh, this would be Matt. Um, thank you for watching. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks, everyone.